We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your host, Nee Wallace-Bruce, and I am joined today by the funny man, Mr. Justin Williams. Justin, how's it going? You know me, I'm always living the dream, and yourself? I'm not too bad. I just wish that people would stop using milk crates as forts and things to <laughs> climb upon. If you are one of those people, just stop, because they're meant to put milk and food and other stuff in there, so please stop. Restaurants and shops need those things. Anyway, on a brighter note, I am pleased to introduce a guest who recently played in the Athletes Unlimited Pro Lacrosse Tournament in Maryland. She's also an assistant coach and a member of the national team for the United States. It is Kristen Carr. Kristen, how's it going? It's great. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's a pleasure to have you on. And it was a five-week tournament, but does it, has it sunk in that you played in the, the Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse Tournament? You know, it was an incredible five weeks, but I got to say, I, I think I'm still decompressing from everything, <laughs> to, be, uh, and to be entirely honest, but it was such a surreal experience. Yeah, and it was the inaugural tournament. It, it went off great. It's awesome. And it'll be back again for next year, so you'll love to see it. You love, it's great for the game, great for the growth of the game. Absolutely. It's been really fun to, to be a part of this first Athletes Unlimited professional team with lacrosse. Um, I'm not sure how much you you two are familiar with uh, women's professional lacrosse, but there have been some pro leagues that have come over the past couple of years, and it looks like Athletes Unlimited is here to stay, which is very exciting for our sport and for the future of the sport as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I don't want to jump the shark here or get too ahead of myself, but it does <laughs> seem like the, the model is very sustainable. We we covered the Athletes Unlimited Volleyball Tournament in the, wow, it was late winter, spring in Dallas. And you could just see that Mr. Patrickoff and the board and all the other stakeholders, they, they really believe in this and they're invested and they want to see not only each individual sport grow, but women's sport as, as a whole develop and go to the next level. 100%. Yeah. So first off, like I'm just looking at your stats here. I'm blown away. You cracked the uh, the thousand point mark, which you know, congratulations on that. That's no small feat. One thousand eighty seven points. My God. Uh, but reading your bio and kind of because you know we're professional creeps. Like not gonna lie, we we go about we figure who you are and we know you better than you know yourself. <laughs> so professional stalkers, professional creeps, whichever, private investigators, whatever you prefer. Yeah, detectives. <laughs> yeah, detectives, exactly. Call me Detective Williams. Moving forward. It says that you were in high school, you were like a triathlete. So you were good at essentially everything you've, you've touched. 
how did you end up focusing solely on lacrosse? Because you had soccer and you had basketball. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if you had like football in there too. I have a funny story about football that we can circle back to. But Hell yeah! <laughs> but in high school, I narrowed it down to play soccer, basketball, and lacrosse. And, you know, growing up, I was surrounded by my brothers were also athletes and just always in that type of competitive cauldron and environment. And uh, going into high school, I thought I was going to probably like play soccer in college. That was, I guess, my first sports love. Um, love the ball, love the game. And as I continued to develop and evolve and continue to get a little deeper in basketball and deeper in lacrosse, my, my focus shifted a little bit towards um, lacrosse when I was in high school. And then with recruiting and recruiting is very big in the States um, to re get recruited to then play that specific sport in college. Um, and I was very fortunate to have different opportunities to play lacrosse in college. And I eventually settled in with playing at the University of North Carolina, which was a dream come true, also a storied soccer program, as well as lacrosse. But um, I would always encourage people, if they have the opportunity and the flexibility to play multiple sports, to do that, because I learned so much from each of those. And just the skills were very transferable from one field sport to the court and back to the other field sport. So it definitely kept me on my toes and created a lot of energy around each of the individual sports and my teammates and, and teams and everything that comes with it. Perfect. And uh, what about that funny little story you were talking about for football? Yes, football. So uh, my, my dad grew up playing football. He played in college and he ended up coaching both my brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother and I always wanted, wanted to play. And, you know, at that time, because I was playing all these other sports, like adding football into the mix just quite wasn't in the cards. But I, <laughs> whenever I was at their football practice, I was able to run with them. And I ended up leading the charge in running around all the football fields. And it just became a fun little, little thing that I got to do with my dad's team and, and the boys. And then eventually I went on to do this thing called pump, pass and kick, where it's a competition regionally and you throw the football you kick it and then um you punt it and if you're, you win your region or you win your like area in your state then you get to play punt pass and kick in your um near town nfl stadium and then if you win it that then you get to go on into the super bowl and i made it to the raven stadium not quite the super bowl but it was really it was really cool to be able to to be at m&t bank and do what you could do on, on the field at that time Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm a 49ers fan, so thanks for bringing that up. Thanks for bringing up, <laughs> reminding me of the Super Bowl where it was down in New Orleans and then the 49ers were chasing the game. Actually, no, they were playing yeah. pretty well. Then the lights went out. I don't know. Uh -huh. I don't know who didn't pay the electricity bill down there, but whatever. The game stopped. Colin Kaepernick almost let a comeback, but... The Ravens were the better team, and the Niners heartbreakingly lost. So thanks, Justin, for reminding me of that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Are you a Ravens fan, by the way, Kristen? Oh, absolutely. So I'm smiling over here as you're reminiscing about that Super Bowl. Um, definitely <laughs> on the better side of that. 
I'm sure. No, and the Ravens, they go hard. I mean, I don't think they've lost a preseason game in like 18 or 19 games. Hardball doesn't mess around. I, so how do you feel about the Ravens for this season? Are you going back to the Super Bowl? You know, you got to you gotta give faith in your hometown. So I would 100% be, be behind them. But I can't say that I've watched much of the preseason. So <laughs> who knows? You see that knee? Faith in your hometown. Why don't you cheer for the Toronto Argos? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Maple Leafs, to be honest. That's, I, it, I, that's I, it. I actually don't mind the Argonauts, but the, the Maple Leafs is one step too far, Justin. We'll talk about that later. We'll take it offline and we'll probably fight, but whatever. Yeah. Before <laughs> that, <laughs> before, before we duke it out, just circling back to the AU tournament, it was for our listeners that aren't aware, I think it's a limited tournament, whether it be volleyball, lacrosse, or softball. It is typically four teams and there's a draft for each uh, set of teams every week throughout the four or five weeks of the tournament. So it's almost like a little bit of fantasy football, a little bit of uh, all-star weekend, all wrapped into one. So Kristen, how did you find that format as opposed to the typical lacrosse uh, leagues or tournaments where you you know who you're going to be with each week, whereas AU is kind of a bit of a wait and see each Tuesday? approach yeah i mean just like you said it's every week it's five it's a five-week season um and every week you have the potential likely potential to be drafted to a team of players that you may have never played with before and that type of model is very unique i definitely have not experienced that before especially in the uh, other two professional leagues but You know, the premise behind that or the philosophy behind doing the drafts per week is that one, it does create excitement. And it also, the thought process was that fans, it gives them an opportunity to follow, you know, the individual players instead of having to travel from one place to another place and follow like a specific team. So they could follow like a ton of players and it didn't matter what team they were on. But with that, you are always on a team that changes week to week. And the cool thing about that is it really shows you like striving to create those connections, even though they're, they're probably, you don't have a ton of time and you're building chemistry at practices and building chemistry even through the games. We played Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you're playing you know, the three different teams and trying to build that synergy while you're playing one team. And then you might have to pivot and adjust to play your team on Saturday because they're obviously different from your team on Friday. And it was a really cool puzzle if you're into that kind Mm. of thing. And what could be seen as challenges for some people actually really excited me because it created a sense of pride within your team of like, okay, this is who we have on our team. This is what makes our unit the best unit. This is how we can game game plan to win the moment and play at our highest level for this specific team that we're playing on this day. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly, it's kind of like a chess game. You're constantly changing pieces and um, shifting things around depending on who's on your team and who you're playing. So that piece was really exciting. And looking back, 
it's so weird that I'm <laughs> that I'm in my room right now and not in the hotel, like, you know, getting ready to do the same thing this weekend with, you know, the team that I that I would have been drafted to. So that piece is a is a little sad to be honest, but it was really fun while it lasted. Oh, <laughs> I get it. It's kind of like when you come come back from a, a great trip or like a, a music festival or something, and you, you got the feels. Like, yeah. Take me back. <laughs> and playing with the, the world's best lacrosse players. That's definitely, I can empathize. I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to play at your level. I'll probably never play at your level, but um, I can empathize with the, the feeling of being on such a high and now you're back at normal life again. If we can call it that during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Normal-ish. Normal-ish. Now, speaking of the pandemic, that's actually pushed back the FIL World Cup in lacrosse. So, it's going to be 2022. Yes. Do you see yourself in that uh, the frame for that? Yeah, that's the goal. That's the, the dream and, and aspiration. The amazing thing about this upcoming world championship is that it's actually in the States this mm. time around, in Towson, Maryland, which is not too far from you know where I grew up. And I mean, just the, the growth of the sport has evolved so much even since the last World Cup, which was in Surrey, England. And just having you know, the the ability to host that type of event in your home country and work to defend that that gold medal is inspiring and very, it drives you, you Mm. know, to to do your best to be a great teammate off the pitch, so to speak, Um, especially because with U.S. lacrosse, you're not with your team all the time. There's a couple weekends throughout the year that you are lucky enough to be with everybody. So, a lot of the training that you do is on your own, but always with your teammates in mind. And anything that you do by yourself is really for the betterment of the group. So I'm just excited to to get back together with everybody in the next coming weeks and continuing to, to taste our dreams as a team and, and to be on that journey with those other women that are in alignment with all of our goals. There we go. I'm going to hold that thought. I've got another question, but I'm going to let my man, Justin, jump in. Cool. Thank you. So you coach at uh, Johns Hopkins University. Uh, I'm assuming it's obviously lacrosse, unless you're like, you know what? I'm too good to coach lacrosse. I'm actually coaching darts. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) You're multi-talented. You would not want to catch me in a dart game, but... My parents were both professional dart players, so I don't want to catch either one of you at a dart game because I don't. I have the uh, the hands of a baby shark. How good of a coach are you? Because Nee and I suck, and we would love to get some coaching from you. He's not wrong. <laughs> I would love to get a stick in your hand and have a catch one of these days. I was going to say because you know, like, so you you teach at John Hopkins, but have you taught for like younger kids too? And and what what's your approach to people who from different like varieties of skill like how do you how do you approach that yes i mean i currently i i I coach at the collegiate level like you're saying i've also coached high school and club and middle school and and even elementary school just kind of depends on the year and and the time of the year and the cool thing about lacrosse is and something that's kept me involved in the game is yes i'm very competitive and that's an important piece but i love to have fun and that's something and the joy of playing and coaching and teaching and bringing the game to somebody who has 
little to no ability really like brings a sparkle to my eye, so to speak. I think, you know, as you get older and you're fine tuning different skill sets, I always love to see where the player is first and then, you know, make adjustments and give feedback there because I think every player is unique and has a different skill set that he or she brings to the game and to the sport. And you want to keep that specialty within them and just do what you can to enhance what they already have, create that type of game within their their already existing game. Right. Which makes sense if somebody has, you know, that drive and that passion to do that, or even like, like you said, you played soccer, so you have very transferable skills. And I remember watching you play and I could see you, you play as a defender. And I, if I were to guess, I feel like you played midfield when you played soccer. I could be wrong, but the way you were, you were positioning yourself, it seemed very midfieldish to me. But just to go back to your, your skill set there, my handicap when it comes to lacrosse is like a negative 12. <laughs> I, I need help. I'm, I'm, if I can hold the stick upright and catch the ball, I'm walking off the field. It's a good day. So how do you, how do you, you know, bring a, like a sparkle to your eye for those kids who, who grow and, and progress? But have you had a student before where they've been my level of bad, but then it becomes so great? Yeah. I, th- I mean, the biggest thing is to, you know, get them to hopefully relax and enjoy being there. I think sometimes frustrations can get the best of us and that takes you out of being in in the moment of even throwing the lacrosse ball, so to speak, or catching it and really breaking the skills down to a micro level, no matter how old or young that person is. I mean, you can start as simple as just throwing, getting a bucket of balls and just working on your throwing form or having somebody toss the ball to, to you instead of passing it in with a stick and creating that hand-eye coordination and, and all that fun stuff. But there's definitely different ways that you can lean into these different skill sets with different people. But as a coach, none of my coaches ever gave up on me and I would never want anybody that I coach to feel like I'm giving up on them. So you'd find a way to make the most out of it and to make sure that they leave the field feeling like they got 1% better, regardless of what that 1% is. And this is why you're amazing, but I'll also be your toughest challenge. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pro.sports.podcasters for the most current sports news. Now back to the show. Yeah, look, I guess that's a very interesting point you raised because that parlays almost into what I believe is your favorite quote by one of my most favorite human beings, Nelson Mandela. The quote, it always seems impossible until it's done. Now, Justin, jokes aside, I think is coachable, and I'm sure it's not impossible <laughs> to coach a novice like Justin. But how important is it to be persistent, whether it be lacrosse or just in life? Persistence is one of the biggest qualities I think you need as you go throughout your career regardless of what that career is, because at any given day, any given time, you're going to eventually run into some sort of challenge or obstacle. And if you want to continue to, to succeed and, and work to be your best, you can't stop at that obstacle. You have to try to find a way to either get through it, get over it, or get around it, depending on what that may be. And I think over the course of my career as a coach and also as a a player you learn from that experience and sometimes the obstacles don't seem quite as as big and that just comes from learning and and growing but persistence 100 is something that i truly value and 
as a coach, always emphasize with, with my players as they continue to evolve in their, their game individually and collectively. I like it. I like that because we're living in a time where persistence is almost mandatory <laughs> if you want to just get on with it in these times of restrictions and pandemics. Yeah, you have to, like you said, find a way over it, around it, or through it. I like that because obstacles are coming and like a offensive player running at you on the field, you got to find a way to stop them. Right? Am I right? Yes. I believe you are, you are on the defensive side of the ball. So yes. tell us why defense is more important than offense and why defense <laughs> wins championships. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if it's more important, but I do get a lot of enjoyment being on the defensive end. I mean, I, I played pretty much every position growing up in, in all the sports, soccer, basketball, lacrosse. I think naturally I have like my mind is I love playing defense because of being able to be disciplined and having a mentality where you may not have the ball, but you know what you're going to do to help your team get the ball back, or you know what you're going to do to help your goalie make an easy save or your teammate to make an easy slide. And that piece of aggression and cohesion within your your unit is very powerful and something that I love about the defensive end um, because it takes eight strong which includes your goalie in the the collegiate game or seven strong in the um, professional and international game to to get the job done and you can walk off the field and, and know that you gave your best effort to your team and your unit then that that's a good day right there there we go the contribution, I guess it's like everyone doing their part, everyone playing their role on the team for the the common goal. Yeah. You talked about a goal before when you mentioned, when we were talking about the national team. And I wanted to dig a bit deeper into that because you've been fortunate enough to win the World Cup twice with the US, 2013 and 2017. And I just wanted to, I guess, understand when you say goal with Team USA, is it just getting to the World Cup, proceeding through the, the matches, getting to the final and ideally winning it? Or in your team, are there other goals that you're looking to achieve as well? There's always going to be micro goals within a team and how you want to represent yourself and how you want to perform on the field and perform off the field and, and what you like, who you are and our, our group that, you know, that final roster, I think that there's a lot that has been put into training and getting to be our best selves. So ultimately, yes, we do want to win gold and no host country has ever won gold uh, for women's lacrosse. So that feat in itself is pretty special to have the opportunity to do so. And the great thing about playing this sport with all of my teammates is every single one of them has that same mindset and, and skill set to, to help us achieve that. Awesome. Now, I'm going to take it one step further because this is a goal that I would love to see personally. I'm sure Justin would. When are we going to see lacrosse in the Summer Olympics? <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. I love that question. So... A lot of people have been working behind the scenes for a lot of years, and, and now it's becoming more of 
more at the forefront um, with a discipline called lacrosse sixes, which essentially is taking lacrosse and putting it on a shorter field lengthwise and widthwise with a smaller roster. And if you think about it, it's almost like basketball in a way with the back and forth constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's four quarters. I think there's six people that are playing at a time and everybody who plays offense and defense. And then you kind of run lines as far as like you get a little bit tired running up and down the field, you sub out and then somebody subs on. Um, and that discipline of lacrosse sixes is the same for men's and women's men's mm-hmm. still wear pads and helmets, of course, and, and at this time, women are not. But the International Olympic Committee is looking at this game. So eventually, we hopefully, you know, it does get to that status where it is an Olympic sport. But in 2028, um, with the Olympics being in the States, having that be the, the first time that it, it's played on that, you know, Olympic stage with lacrosse sixes. Excellent, because that never made sense to me, and I'm sure I'm taking the simplistic common man view or common person view, but yeah, lacrosse is played by both men and women. It's pretty accessible. It's played across the world. You only need to look at the qualifiers for the next World Cup to see that. It just was mind-boggling as to why it wasn't in the Olympics this time around. I get that the French maybe aren't so keen on it, so maybe 2024 is not in the range of outcomes, but 2028, definitely. And I'm sure Australia will keep it for 2032 as well in Brisbane. I am Australian, by the way. Yes. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to see it. Uh, Yeah, my only last question, uh, aside from obviously I really do want lacrosse in in the Olympics. It's a phenomenal sport, and it's you know there's a lot of risk to it. My face has taken three of them to the face, and it's it's not fun. We've got to put you in a helmet then. Yeah, but there's not much more to protect there. My <laughs> professional life is a comedian, so the worse I do, the more you laugh, the more people enjoy me. So it's all good. Can you tell us about uh, One Love Foundation? Absolutely. So the One Love Foundation is a nonprofit that was created in the hands of a, a pretty tragic event that happened in 2010. But the, the foundation's created to help create awareness of what a healthy relationship looks like and to spread that throughout the world. The events that I'm speaking of, um, one of the men's lacrosse players at the University of Virginia ended up murdering his, his girlfriend. And there is a, you know, looking back at that, I know it's, it's very, very tragic. Uh-huh. But looking back through that, there are definitely signs of relationship abuse. So in such a tragic situation, something that ha- that has able to shine light and given a lot of people hope has been one love and, and the work that they've done to really cultivate what a healthy relationship looks like and how to find signs of what an unhealthy relationship is. And in doing so, it's it's kept the memory of Yardley Love. That was the she was unfortunately the the girl. Um, it's kept her memory alive for so many people and in, in her family, and that is near and dear to my heart. And I I was really excited that Athletes Unlimited also partnered with different causes, and um, my cause was One Love, and I'm really 
happy that I was able to partner with One Love throughout the five-week season. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great message. Yeah, especially in these times where I know things have opened up a little bit in North America, but there have been times in the last 15, 20 months where we have been inside and we have been able to go out and do things. So I guess for those who are in relationships, it has been a challenge. So it's good to have that reminder of what a healthy relationship looks like. Absolutely. Now, being a coach, I have to ask, what are some words of advice you pass on to people that are looking to get into the game of lacrosse? Oh, my goodness. I think I said this before, and I know it, it could be a little cliche, but you got to love what you do and enjoy enjoy it so much. Even when things are really hard, you can find enjoyment out of it. I mean, I remember you know, my first time picking up my stick. I actually had a cranberry, which is a wooden stick, which no one plays with anymore. But, um, you know, yes, old school vintage. Um, And how that feeling and joy that you get when you're a little kid running around, not really knowing what she's doing, but just loving being outside on the field. Like I still get the chills thinking about that, you know, to this day. And I'm definitely a little more mature than I was when I first started playing, but just seeing, you know, how the sport has grown and and everything it's given to, to me. And, you know, my hope is that I've been able to give back to the sport and inspire somebody to, to want to try the game and play and find the joy in their game as well is something that truly matters to me. And, being able to be one of the, what, 56 or 57 women who could represent the first ever Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse League is something that I will always cherish and be very grateful for. And I'm just excited to see where this sport can go, the lives that it can impact like it has done for mine. That's beautiful. And that's the thing. When people see it, they can be it. So we haven't been able to get down to the Maryland, but I'm sure you will in time. But I saw the footage and the photos of young people, especially young girls, watching the games. And I feel like there will be some that will take up the game if they're not already involved. And they're going to want to be the next Kristen Carr, Taylor Cummings, uh, Alex Ost. They're going to want to play at the highest level. They're going to want to play for the US, go to a World Cup, and eventually go to an Olympics. Because Mm -hmm. it's a great sport. And not just that, it's from what I've seen, especially with some team sports, especially with the cross, from a little that I know about it, it's great for building team skills, uh, leadership. So we're building the next generation through sports like these, you know? that I, I guess that's my take on it. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for myself, like even playing with the, the two players that you mentioned along with the other talented athletes it's like you kind of pinch yourself you're like wow I can't believe that we're getting this opportunity and then I get to play like I get to play with these incredible lacrosse players and as people who came before us set the stage for us like that's what we want to do for everybody else that comes after us and 
you know, in one of our little meetings as as a group, somebody mentioned this, which has really like stuck with me. And I may butcher the quote a little bit, so bear with me. But it was like something along the lines of, "If you if you found the way, then you know how to light the path for others." And that's essentially that's our purpose, and that's our our job as professional athletes and you know hopefully one day we'll be in the stands cheering the little girls that were in the stands for us that's it that's what it's all about and you're most definitely carrying the flame for the next generation so we appreciate that we appreciate your time was there anything else you wanted to share with our audience before we let you go uh well this was amazing um it was really fun to to chat with both of you and thank you for your time and wanting to get to know a little bit more about me and about the sport and the athletes unlimited league and i don't know if i have anything else but if anything pops in your mind definitely happy to to have a more of a chat if you want excellent we appreciate that and i'm sure we'll be in touch soon whether it be for next year's tournament or the World Cup as well. Next year next year's gonna be big twenty twenty two in this world of right. Heck yeah. I'm <laughs> very excited to watch the World Cup. Kidding me? Canada will be there too. Yes, they will. <laughs> do you have much interaction with the Canadian players as as an American or is it kind of like you do your thing, we do ours? No, it's 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 friendly competition. I actually have the privilege to coach a couple of Canadians on my uh collegiate team and uh, pretty good friends with some of the Canadians that I've played against in college. So very much um, friendly, but definitely when you get on the field, there's, there's only one team that you want to win. <laughs> there we go. Go Canada. I mean, wait, what? Oh, and on that note, that's the end of the interview. It's, a, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Kristen. You can find her on Instagram at Kristen Carr, right? <laughs> no, seriously, we, we appreciate your time today. Um, well, thanks again, you guys. It was fun chatting with you. Likewise. Anytime.